Welcome to the Church of Philadelphia podcast. Get ready for this message to ignite your faith as the power and love of God is shared through his word. And so y'all know we're still pressing through in our encounter series. We have now transitioned from, you know, encounter, uh, encounter God through prayer, encounter God through praise and encounter God through worship. Right. Transition through these various stages. And we now find ourselves dealing with encounter the faces of deliverance. Amen. And so when you think about deliverance, deliverance is simply defined as it's an act of setting free from bondage. Again, deliverance is simply defined as as an act of setting free from bondage. Amen. And so I want to remind you, you know, what this encounter series has been about. It's given us this opportunity to come face to face with God, come into the presence of God, meeting God, you know, through prayer or meeting God through praise and meeting God through worship, right? When you combine all of those elements together, right, it's known as dragging these requests or coming through the heavenly tabernacle, right? Because prayer is symbolic for the gates, praise is symbolic for the courts, worship is symbolic for the most holy place. And it's when you in the most holy place before our holy God, right? That if something needs to be dealt with, God is going to deal with that thing. If there needs to be deliverance to take place, God is actually going to bring about that deliverance. Amen. So again, I'm reminding you, deliverance is it's an act of setting free from bondage, right? Now, when you think about deliverance, right, there's some examples about deliverance, right? We know in scripture we've seen where things have happened immediately or suddenly with Jesus Christ when he's caused different ones to be set free from sicknesses and diseases as well as from demonic possession, right? Demonic possession, oppression, or suppression. We see it has happened immediately at times with Jesus Christ, but then there are times where even when you think about how the book talks, uh, the Bible talks about in the book of John, right? You should know the truth and the truth shall make you free right so another form of deliverance is simply coming by way of confession admitting or confessing the truth right it's the truth that you know that actually makes you free truth makes you free right and all the time we talk we hear different people talk about truth shall you know such free but no it, it's a, it will make you free the truth will make you free and that's another form of deliverance when you get to the place where you're able and you're unafraid and unapologetically able to confess true it's the truth that you know that will make you free and then there is that process of deliverance right that process of deliverance imagine this right here when you think about the uh, the mail system per se right now wherever a package is actually coming from in order to come from that particular place to get to your desired place your home right it has to go through a process right it goes from the distribution center where it's being labeled for shipping to be sent out right and once it's sent out right it, it, it lands at various distribution centers right so in other words it has various stops before it actually gets to your home right so there are times when you're going through the deliverance process that it is going to be indeed a process it might not be immediately where God may be actually processing you through actual something so you would know nobody did this but God yeah uh, you understand what I'm saying you you will not get the credit nor the glory to nobody but God because you understand God processed me through this thing I, I had I had time to to understand I had time to view it to watch and look and pay attention to what God was doing in my life while he was processing me through certain things 
things that he was delivering me from. Amen. So that's what we're talking about. When we talk about deliverance, those are different examples of deliverance. Right now, as we come to to Luke, right, Luke chapter number 22, right, what's beginning to happen in Luke chapter number 22, we see there is a plot where the high priest and the scribes are coming together and they're actually plotting to actually kill Jesus, right? They, 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 they're, they're upset about what he's doing, how this gospel he's been preaching, he's talking about this kingdom that is coming, right? How crowds are actually gathering to hear him speak and how lives are radically being changed in the moment, right? And so the high priest and the scribes, they're upset because they actually believe that Christ is actually going against the law. And the fact that, you know, people are looking to him and seeing him indeed as the Messiah, the Son of God, right? The high priest and the scribes are upset about this because surely this man cannot be the Son of God, right? So so, so they make this plot or they scheme, right? Along with Judas, Judas comes in agreement saying, okay, well, I, I, I will be that vessel to actually betray him, right? And the scripture talks about how he sought for an opportunity to actually betray Jesus Christ, right? So now, Scripture then tells us as we begin to fall down into the chapter how Satan entered Judas. He entered. And when you begin to look at that word enter, it talks about how he actually possessed Judas, right? He possessed him, demonic possession, right? And then it talks about after Satan entered him, Judas went on his way, right? And, you know, setting things in order to actually betray him. And so then once you fall down further in Scripture, it comes to the point where Jesus is actually getting ready to celebrate the Passover or the Feast of Unleavened Bread, right? And then he has this Last Supper, what, we, what the Bible describes as the Last Supper, what we call the Last Supper with his disciples before he's preparing to get up out of here, where he's preparing to go to the cross to, to stretch out his arms to die for you and I, right? So that we might be forgiven of our sins and have an opportunity to be reconciled back to the father amen so understand he's having this last supper with them and he's now instituting or bringing to their knowledge to their understanding the new covenant a better covenant right because of his blood that shall be shed right he's instituting this new covenant you are going to be forgiving of your sins and have an opportunity to be reconciled back to my father to be citizens of the kingdom of God right and so then notice after he's talking about you know, uh, this bread and he's talking about this wine. This is my body and this is my blood. Right. After he has this supper with them, notice when you fall further down into Scripture, the disciples begin to talk about, well, who is going to be the greatest? Once you're gone, who is going to be the greatest? It's as if they just did not hear this pertinent information that Jesus just dropped in their lap. It's like we forgot about what he just said. And we're now talking about who is going to be the greatest. Isn't that just like us human beings? Right. Uh, we're so worried about who is going to be the greatest, who is going to be the leader when the actual teacher leaves. Who's going to take your place? Is it going to be me? Listen, I was here too all of these three years. I've learned. Listen, I paid attention. I was able to answer. When he asked questions, I was able to answer more than Peter, more than James, more than John, more than Judas, right? It should be me because, because I was able to regurgitate the information, right? You know, that's how we do it. So notice after having this supper and Jesus is 
talking about the new covenant. They quickly forget about that and begin to talk about who's going to be the greatest when the rabbi or the teacher, the Messiah, is taken from us, right? And then notice when you fall further down, after we get past them arguing about who's going to be the greatest, we then find that Jesus predicts or Jesus talks to Peter about his denial, about his denial. He says, listen, before this cock actually speaks out, cries out, you know, crows, whatever it does, you know, listen, you're going to deny me three times, right? So it's not that God just used the donkey. We see God is using a, 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 a cock as well, right? So I understand he uses whatever or whomever he chooses to use for his divine purposes, right? So now, when you think about this here, the title of the text that we're going to be working with on today is simply this right here. What are you in denial about? What are you in denial about? Again, what are you? You. Yes, I'm talking to you. What are you in denial about? Right. And, and, and denial is simply defined as this right here. Refusal to admit uh, the truth or reality of something. Denial, again, is defined as it's a refusal to admit the truth or the reality of something. Right. Do you know somebody and can you relate where you find yourself at times? Right. Because of the things that you may be dealing with in your life right now. Right. Uh, they may be personal to you. You don't necessarily want everybody to know about it. So if you're not careful, you can actually find yourself moving and operating in denial, where it's simply a refusal to admit the truth or the reality of something, right? And God may be trying to point out things to you. God may be trying to speak certain things to you. God may be trying to bring things to the forefront or to your knowledge or give you an understanding about certain things, but yet there is a denial or refusal to admit the truth or the reality of something. In other words, you want to ignore something that you know is there. You want to look past or look over something that you know is there. You want to close your ears to something that you've been hearing that God has been dealing with you about. Whether it's God dealing with you with something in dreams, visions, or God is dealing with you through something through the word of God. Or whether God is sending a man or a woman of God to speak something to you, to bring you counsel or wisdom. In the midst of all of this, there is a refusal to admit the truth, something that that you know you know it's a truth that makes you free but rather than being free from this particular thing because you want it I've been there it's just some things I want more than truth right now there were times I wanted some things more than I wanted God right because the pleasure of certain things you know it, 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 it didn't feel the same as the pleasure that came from God you understand what I'm saying so I was in denial about certain things there was a refusal to admit the truth or the reality of something that I was actually involved then engage with encountering amen so we're talking about what are you in denial about right so now let's dig into the scriptures right it says uh, luke chapter 22 verse number 31 he says and the lord said simon simon behold satan have desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat right and notice anytime you see something mentioned twice in the scripture it's something of importance and jesus is saying simon simon he's calling his name twice because listen i'm trying to capture your attention and after he calls his name twice he finds Follows with the word behold, right? It's not good enough for him to mention his name twice and let us know that this is something that's trying to grab your attention. He follows with the word behold. Behold is saying to see something or to look at something. In other words, Simon, Simon, I need you to notice, pay attention to what it is that I'm about to say. Don't take what I'm about to say as something like, don't take, okay, that you can hear this, let it go in one ear and let it flow out the other ear. No, Simon, what I'm about 
about to say to you it's my word you got to take my word and let it be treasured up value this thing treasure this thing and let it be hidden in your heart so that when the enemy comes the enemy cannot steal this word but it's the word that will safeguard you it's the word that will protect you it's the word that will keep you it's the word that will cause you not to fall prey to the enemy understand what i'm saying so he says simon simon behold take notice look at this thing pay attention to what's going on around you not to just what's going on around you but simon you got to pay attention to who is around you and what the people around you are actually doing and not only that but you got to pay attention to yourself simon you can't deceive yourself you got to be real about what it is that you are doing you got to be real about the things that you want the things that you desire because guess what everybody has a desire and now it talks about how satan has a desire right satan 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 the one who opposes you and your god-given purpose that's what we're talking about his desire is to come and oppose you and your god-given purpose so simon you have got to take notice simon you have got to pay attention the enemy is close and you don't even realize how close he is right you've been sitting and you've been talking we just actually had a last supper with judas but you don't even understand the enemy was present oh you talk about jesus he know the enemy was present but guess what he loved him enough still not to expose him until the appointed time oh but see you when somebody is doing something inappropriately you will expose that mess but the bible tells me love covers a multitude of sin oh tell somebody it was love that made jesus just didn't expose him out at the but he exposed him at the appointed time so i'm the saying he said simon simon pay attention you got to pay attention you got to take note you got to be uh, noting what's going on around you pay attention to who is around you and what they're doing but also pay attention to yourself and you know what i found now it's easy to pay attention to others right but we tend to overlook things about ourselves and what you're going to find out peter is overlooking that he himself is dealing with denial right we understand that he's going to deny christ but it's really about the denial that's on the inside that he's dealing with right he fails to pay attention to the denial that's moving and operating on the inside of himself but jesus tell him behold take notice pay attention because satan the one who is opposing your god-given purpose right he has a desire that is his desire right that is his desire and desire is simply defined as this right here right it's talking about this right here it's asking that you be given so satan is asking that he be given you know up from the power of god he's saying listen because the bible lets us know he's the accuser of the brother he goes before god accusing us the brethren right so now he has still has an audience satan still has an audience with god right and whenever he has an audience with god his desire he's bringing his desire before god not just his accusations but he's also bringing forth his desires to God right and one of his desire he said listen I'm asking that Peter be given up from your power God release Peter from your power like you release Job release Peter to me right but he's also saying God I'm asking that you allow me to torture Peter I'm also asking that you allow me to punish Peter and I'm also asking God I'm demanding that you let me put Peter on trial I want to see how his faith is going to stand on trial I want to see listen if his commitment is going to be sure if his commitment is going to be steadfast 
that's when he's put on trial. Or will he change what he says he believes in? Will he change what he says he's going to do, what he believes God has called him to do and who he believes God has called him to believe? Will he stand on that truth? Or when times get difficult, when times become trying, will he backtrack and revert back to something else? Oh, do you know somebody? Can you relate? When it got hot, when it got a little hot, when it got a little steamy around you, you were saying one thing, but when that heat got on the back of your neck, your your story changed real, real quick. You understand what I'm saying? I've been there. You understand what I'm saying? Well, I could not take the pressure of what life was throwing at me at that particular time. And understand, there is a pressure that is coming as Satan is coming with his demands, you know, to actually sift him out as wheat, right? So he says, Satan have a desire, and his desire is to have you that he may sift you as wheat, right? Part of that desire, we're saying, he's, listen, listen, God, release him from your power. Let me torture him. Let me punish him. And I'm demanding that you allow me to put him on trial. And we'll see where his faith is actually at. We'll see if he's committed to you. Because guess what? Anytime you talk about a healthy relationship, right now, Peter's supposed to have a healthy relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Jesus being his Messiah, and he's been Jesus' pupil or disciple, right? It denotes a healthy relationship between teacher and pupil right and so three things that give us a, a healthy relationship right the communication the commitment and the cooperation will his communication or will his speech change will his commitment change and will his cooperation change right if it's a healthy relationship and if you believe that you're supposed to be in this relationship right will you stand in this thing even when it gets trying even when the relationship is actually tried right uh, when it gets difficult when things are not all bubbling we're not walking through a better roses will you remain steadfast committed to this relationship do you know somebody can you relate where you've been there where where things got a little tricky things got a little dicey in the relationship and you begin to question i don't know if i want to stay in this thing right here it's not looking like i thought it was gonna look it doesn't feel as if i thought it was going to be i'm questioning some things even though i have not spoke about the questions that i have in my mind you got to understand oh listen i know you can probably see it on my face at times the things that i'm questioning in my mind the things that i'm wondering or the things that i actually feel in my heart but Listen, I'm trying to push it back down for the sake of this relationship, for the sake of that I say I love you and you love me, for the sake of that I'm yours and you are mine. You understand what I'm saying? I'm trying to be committed and I'm trying to cooperate and I'm trying to communicate as it relates to this relationship. But understand, somebody has a desire. His name is Satan, the one who opposes your God-given purpose. He has a desire where he's asking God, release them from your power, God. Uh, what will happen if I torture them, God? Will they still give you praise? Will they still be as committed, God? Will they still worship, God? Will they still pray, God? Will they still fast and pray, God? Will they still praise your name? Will they still bless you in the good times? Will they bless you in the bad times, God? If you allow me to torture them, God, what would their speech be? be like would they still say he's still worthy would they still say i will bless his name at all times would they still say he's still worthy of the glory and the honor what if you allow me to punish them god will they remain steadfast as a believer god or will they backslide will they turn their back on you god suppose you allow me to put them on trial god will their faith stand will their faith actually endure the trial the questioning god the brutal attack that's coming from the enemy god will their faith be able to hold up under the pressure of the attack of the enemy, God, because Satan has a desire for you, and his desire is to sift you as wheat, right? 
Now, when you talk about this word sif, right, in the Greek it's talking about, uh, uh, it's a causing, right, by causing an inward agitation to try your faith, right? So a part of his desire is to sift Peter like wheat, right, to sift him like wheat, right? He wants to mess with your faith. It's, it's your faith. It's an inward agitation, right? And notice, notice how we talked about how Satan had entered Judas, right? So now he's close. He's up close. He's in your personal space, and you don't even realize how close the enemy right you've had a conversation and you even realize you was talking to the enemy right because he was talking and saying everything that you wanted to hear and you didn't even realize that the enemy was talking to you right uh, you got to understand that right the bible tells us he can transform himself as an angel of light right so he can make himself appear and he can make himself sound like it's coming from heaven right you got to understand he used to be the pray we call him the praise and worship or the archangel of praise and worship right he has and lost that ability God to make himself sound a certain way and the scripture tells us that he can transform himself as an angel of light so you don't even realize that you might have been having conversation with an enemy or the enemy hmm. close to you shared supper you you went out to eat with the enemy the enemy actually paid for your dinner gave the tip opened the door for you you, you understand what to say oh you don't even understand the enemy might have kissed you on your cheek because the scripture lets us know that judas kissed jesus on his <laughs> oh you do you realize you could actually be cuddling up with the devil and you don't even realize that and listen he has a pleasant kiss she has a pleasant kiss you understand they know how to get close to you because we see how judas got close he was at the same table eating the same food experiencing the same company and presence of the messiah as the other disciples right but nobody knew but christ because even when christ said uh, the one who's going to betray me his hand is on the table with me now and all the disciples begin to look at one another question one another as who who is it is it you john is it you peter is it you matthew is it you bartholomew it, who is going to betray him right in one of the other versions peter tells he said john okay listen your head is in his bosom you up closer ask him who is going to be right so listen, do you see what we're saying? The enemy is close. Outside of the Messiah, no one even knows who the enemy is, who the betrayer is actually going to be, but the Messiah. Mm. And, and they tell me this right here. This betrayer, as well as the betrayal, was necessary for the purpose, the God-given purpose of the Messiah. <laughs> so what am I saying? Betrayal is necessary. Your Judas is necessary, right? You can't get to the next stage of the purpose of God without your betrayal. Uh, you got to understand, it, it has to happen, right? In order for you to go ahead and die to your, that betrayal has to happen, right? And I know you don't like it, the fact that you have to think about somebody close to me is going to betray me. Somebody that I thought I could trust, that I thought had my back, that I thought loved me the way they were saying this stuff, it's actually going to betray you. But it's necessary. I know you don't like that right there. It's necessary for you to go to that next level, right? Because understand, Christ had to go from walking the earth to being hung up on the cross. Huh? You don't like that, right? In order for you to get to that next dimension, that next stratosphere, that next level, that next season, a betrayal has to happen and it has to come close. 
oh, you don't like that. So he said, listen, this, this sift, this sift, his desire is to sift you like we sift, we said the saying, is by causing an inward agitation to try your faith, right? To try your faith to the verge of overthrow right so listen I'm going to try your faith I'm going to try what you say you believe in I'm going to try who you say you believe in the principles that you say you live according to this word that you say you govern your life by I'm going to try the thing that you say this is what I believe in see we're not talking about religion uh, my faith is evidence of my relationship with God we're talking about my relationship and we're talking about what I believe in and we're talking about who I believe in so listen he's coming to try your faith and it's going to be an inward agitation right something is just going to nag you on the inside something is just going to get on your nerves when you're trying to find rest you won't be able to find rest because it's messing with your faith right um there is going to be thoughts that are going to come things that you're going to hear things that you're going to be dealing with skepticism and all of this and you're going to find yourself struggling with uh, denial and things like this right you're going to find yourself struggling with deception is, is it true or is it not true all these different things it's an inward agitation trying to see will you stand firm on what it is that you say you believe and who you say you believe in right because if I were to move down right in to verse number 32 it says Jesus says but I have prayed right I have prayed I have prayed for thee, right? Uh, we understand what prayer is, right? It's communication, right? Jesus is talking to the Father on his behalf. God, come on, come on, you got to save him. When the enemy comes, God, you got to save him, right? Don't let his faith fail, God. Do not let his faith fail. Oh, I'm so glad that Jesus is praying for my faith, because uh, I'm saying, listen, I know there have been times where my faith has actually failed, but I'm so grateful to know that Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of the living God, the Son of Man, he's actually praying that my faith fails me not, right? I'm talking about when the fire is the hottest when you in the middle of the trial not on your way coming out of the storm but when you in the middle of I know they tell you the eye of the storm brings about peace but I've been in the middle of some storm and I was looking for an eye and couldn't find no eye there was no peace it was nothing but confusion and chaos throughout the whole ride of this storm but understand listen 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 you got to know this right here he's trying to try your faith he's trying to sift your faith you got to understand it's your faith that is going to be put on trial do you believe Believe what you say you believe. Do you believe in whom you say you actually believe in? We're talking about Jesus the Christ. Make no mistake about it, not Buddha, not Confucius, Jesus the Christ. The only living God, the true and living God, the savior of your soul, the bishop of your soul, the only one that has the power to deliver you, the only one that has the power to change your life, the only one that has the power to pull you up out of the miry clay, out of a pit, out of a dark place to bring you into his marvelous life. This Jesus right here, the one that can change your life. I'm talking about where some of us were strung out there, addicts and all of these things, whether it was porn, whether it was weed, whether it was cigarette, alcohol, whatever the case may be, it was nothing but the power of Jesus Christ, the, the power of Jesus Christ, the power that is found in that name. One thing I found about that name, that name, that name, that name, that name, it is effective. Oh, that's the only name that is effective when you call on. It's effective when I call on, when enemies rise up to come against me, when the enemy is trying to attack me, when the enemy is trying to cause me to stop in my tracks and not progress forward in the things of God. It's the power of the name of Jesus. It's the effectiveness in the name of Jesus that pushes the enemy back to 
that binds the hands of the enemy, that thwarts the plans of the enemy, that allows me free access and free course to press forward in the things of God. Nothing like the name of Jesus. Uh, there is no one and nobody like Jesus the Christ. Uh, we're talking about him, the only one that can save your soul, the only one that has the power to deliver you, to turn you into another vessel him and him alone he said but i have prayed for thee now 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 luke gives us an indication that satan has a desire even when you go into the greek of the word pray it talks about desire i'm so glad jesus has a desire i'm so glad that i am his desire aren't you glad that you're jesus desire uh, you got to understand that you're his desire as well right so even when you talk about being the desire christ notice that you're the apple of his eye and what that talks about as being the apple of god's eye in the Hebrew understanding, no matter what direction God looks in, guess what? He's going to always see you because you're the apple of God's eye. I don't care if he's looking all the way in Africa. Guess what? He still sees me. If he's looking somewhere in Antarctica, he still sees me. If he's looking at you down in that dark pit, guess what? He still sees me because guess what? You and I, we are the apple of God's eye, the apple of God's eye. So he says, but I have prayed for thee. That thy faith fell not. That thy faith fell not. Faith in the Greek is talking about this right here. It's a conviction. Mm. You don't find folk convicted anymore. And one thing about Jesus, Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. He's the person of truth. And one thing about truth, truth comes to challenge you. You don't like that right there. But truth comes to challenge you. Truth comes to confront you. Truth comes to convict you. All to do what? To change you. Oh, you don't like that. See, guess what? People think, okay, when you hear truth, it's going to always be pleasant. No, it's not. Because truth comes to challenge you. Matter of fact, Jesus said, the truth that I tell you, you're going to be offended by this truth right here. And see, some of y'all are on the fence about some stuff, but it's going to be the truth that gets you off that fence. Oh, you like that right there? Yeah, now. Nah. He's not trying to offend you with the intent is not to offend you, but he understands there were just simply some truths you're going to be offended by. But it, those of you who are on the fence, it's the truth that's going to get you off the fence. He said, I'd rather you be hot or cold than to be lukewarm. Lukewarm denotes being on the fence about some stuff. See, you can't be on the fence about being holy. No, 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 no. The truth is going to challenge you about what you think and what you feel about living holy, about living righteous. Uh, you understand what I'm saying? Being dedicated unto the Lord God, the truth comes to challenge you. And guess what? When the challenging you is not enough, he comes to confront you. You don't like that right there. He'll tell you, you wrong. See, I'll I, I be listening to certain people, and, and I never hear them. God, it's, it's as if they always say God talks pleasantly to them. God talks to you in a manner that you understand. That's what you got to understand. He talks to you in a manner that you understand. See, be quiet doesn't mean anything to me. But if you say shut up, it captures my attention. God know he can't tell me to be quiet because I'm going to just keep on doing what I'm doing. See, there was a time I was running my mind. God said, shut up. I called myself in worship. He said, shut up and get up. He said, because you're not in true worship, you actually having an emotional experience. Get on up because it's not the real thing. Shut up and get on up. And see, he knew to say shut up, it was going to capture my attention, right? Because to say shut up, it rubs me the wrong way. Mm, who you think you talking to? You understand what I'm saying? Like, you can't just tell me to shut up. I don't care who you are, Mr. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, President JB can't just tell me to shut up. I don't care nothing about you. You, you, you can't just say that to me, right? 
It captures my attention and, and, and arouses something in me. And God understood that. But because of my reverence and my fear of God, not in the fear where I'm shaking in my boots, but a reverence for God. I did exactly what he said. I shut up and I got up. And all I could say was, God, I repent. I'm sorry. It wasn't true worship, God. I thought about something emotional, God, that, 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 that provoked tears in my eyes, God. And I tried to move from this emotional place and turn it into an actual spiritual encounter. Oh, but you were all the wise, God. You knew from the onset when I started. Oh, it's tainted. It's tainted. See, anytime it's tainted or anytime there is a mixing, it's profane. Why are you trying to come to me with this profane worship? Uh, worship mixed, all oh, mixed up with emotion. Listen, now don't misinterpret what I'm saying. Yo, when it's true worship, when you're worshiping in spirit and in truth, it should provoke you to feel something about God. I'm just not governed by my emotion. You understand what I'm saying? I do feel something about God, right? But I thought about a sad situation that, that, that made me emotional and it helped to produce tears. And from that, I tried to transition into a place of worship. He said, no, it's a mixture. It's profane. And see, you can't mix holy with unholy. You can't mix righteousness with unrighteousness. It's profane. It's got to be black or either white. It's got to be right or it's got to be wrong. It's got to be holy. It's got to be unholy. You can't mix it. It's profane. And this is a God. Listen, he gives you clear boundaries. Clear boundaries. All you got to do is go back to Mount Sinai. He said, listen, Moses, give them boundaries. Don't even allow the animals to come close. If a person comes close, I'm going to reach out and I'm going to strike them down. You got to. He gives you boundaries. And you got to understand love gives you boundaries. Love gives you boundaries. That's why he puts things in place, right? That's why he gives instructions because it's the instructions that saves your life. <laughs> you, you, you don't know what's coming down the pipeline pertaining to your life, but, but he's a God. He's at the beginning and he's at the end and all between. He's a God that is omnipresent. He's a God that has infinite wisdom. He knows everything about your life. He's trustworthy. He's faithful. You can trust what he says about your life. So listen, it's an inward agitation, this shifting, because he's trying your faith. He's, he's trying your conviction that God exists. <laughs> and see, a lot of times you, you start questioning and you allow the enemy to let you fall into skepticism and you believe God lied to you because you're looking for a word that God spoke, right? And it hasn't manifested yet. And you find yourself, if you're not careful, if you're not careful, you find yourself questioning and you find yourself actually thinking the thoughts, God, maybe you lied to me. I know your word says that you cannot lie, but, but, but just maybe there was an exception for me. Maybe you, 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 slipped up and you lie on my behalf God because I'm watching your word come to pass in the lives of everybody else but what about me God what about me God when I look at my life God you know that I'm trying my best God to live holy you know that I'm trying my best God to to, to give you my everything my all in all God to be submitted God to be yielded God to stand in faith God even when my faith is put on trial God you know that I'm trying my best 
It's an inward agitation to try your conviction that God exists, all right? And see, when was the last time you talked about the testimonies of God? Huh? Uh, see, throughout this encounter series, right? See, for a lot of y'all, we know you haven't had no encounter, right? All you got to go and do is look at the scriptures, right? Anyone that had an encounter with God, for example, there were different people in scripture who had an encounter with him, met him face to face, right? Uh, you understand? He did something for them, man. He said, listen, don't go tell anybody. He instructed them, don't go say nothing. But because of the encounter, they could not even hold. They could not even come subject to the instruction, right? The power of the encounter changed them in such a radical way that even though he instructed them not to go and talk about him yet, oh, listen, they had to become disobedient and still release information about him, right? Because of how good he was and because of how the power just changed their life. You got to understand, I've been there where I had an encounter counter with God. Anytime the enemy is trying to try my faith or my conviction that God exists, it's my encounter that reminds me, oh, he's real. Yes. Uh, it's my encounter that reminds me he's faithful. It's my encounter that reminds me he's worthy of the glory. It's my encounter that I still stand steadfast, fat footed, not backing away, not falling away from the things of God, not giving up on what God spoke about my life because it's my encounter that is a constant reminder that God exists right a testimony from the hebraic perspective lets us know this right here when you see in scripture it talks about the testimonies of the lord right when god has done something in your life i know you call it this is my it's really the testimony of the lord right god has just did it for you he did that thing in your life but it's really an indication of what god it's an indication proving that god exists a testimony is proof that god actually exists so anytime god has done something you know have you been there where you were struggling mentally and you just felt like, Lord, I feel like I'm about to lose my mind, right? Oh, God, I've tried to throw in the towel because my mind, God, it's not as long as it used to be, God. Things that I remember just like that, God, I'm having to pause and point and go in circles and I'm having to just uh, tap on my head and tap on things hoping that if I get a rhythm or something, God, I can catch my thoughts or catch my memories and bring them back, God. I uh, see you haven't been there where you struggle to remember something, right? I've been there with times I came from my upstairs and by the time I got downstairs I don't even remember what I was coming downstairs for right and I would have to point like this and turn in a circle hoping that whatever my finger points at it's going to bring it back to my remembrance because oh that's a scary place right but I've also been there where I had so much pressure on me my mind could not even really deal it can't even keep up with the pace that the pressure was coming and it started collapsing under the pressure of the life at that moment that I was dealing with and I was like, God, please, please, God, keep my mind. Keep my mind, God. I don't want to know what it is to be without my mind. I don't ever want to know what it is to be outside of being in a right mind. God, keep me in my right mind. And see, one of my prayers now has been, God, keep me in my right mind till I'm up out of here, God. I'm talking about even as I advance in you, God, keep me in my right mind, God. I don't ever want it to be, God, somebody has to take care of me, God, because my mind has been lost, God. Keep me in my right mind. Keep me at a place where I'm understanding things, God. Keep me at a place, God, where I understand how and what I need to make a decision about. God, keep my mind. He's coming uh, to try your conviction whether or not you believe God exists. 
and that he is the creator and the ruler of all things uh, all means all y'all not only that he's the creator but he's the ruler he's also the ruler of the one who's coming to oppose your god-given purpose ah uh, it's he's satan is like god's dog uh, he has him on a choke chain he can only go so far and as he reaches that point he snatched back like like get over here you understand the more to come back get over here you went too far you trust too much get over here you've been messing with their faith too long get over here you've been messing with their worship get over here you've been messing with the family get over here you've been messing with finances get over here and sometimes when he says get over here he holds him there for a good little while so that you can catch your breath so that you can regroup so that you can refocus uh anybody glad about a break mm. Mm, I know the enemy is trying to break us, but I'm grateful that God gives us a break to recuperate, to rejuvenate, to get yourself together, to, to, to get back on track, to, to get your mind back on track, to get your praise back up, uh, to get your hallelujah back, to get your thank you Jesus back, to get your glory to God back, to get your mind ready again, to get your heart ready again, to get your faith ready again, to get your submission back, to get your yielding back, uh, just being real before God get it back I'm so grateful I'm so grateful I'm so grateful right he says but I, I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not I'm praying he said Peter I'm praying that your faith does not fail you I, I would I'm, I'm trying to figure is anybody willing to be honest truthful and say there was a time my faith failed I thought I was believing God I really thought I believed God uh, I'm talking about I talked the talk and I really believe I was walking the walk. Uh, but instead of walking by faith, I was walking by sight. I was walking according to what I could see, what I understood, right? Because you got to understand when you're dealing with God, you're not going to always understand it. Even when God gives you instructions, you're not going to always understand it. Come here, 10 lepers. Uh, while you got leprosy, go show yourself to the priest. What? That instruction doesn't make sense, but it's while you're in route. Uh, it's when you come subject to the instruction as you begin to walk out the instruction that the healing begins to take place in your body. And by the time you get to the face of the priest, uh, healing has manifest itself in your physical body, right? So guess what? There are going to be some instructions at times where you're not even going to understand. It's not even going to make sense. But do you have the faith to trust God? I'm trying to remind you he's trustworthy. The fact that we call him a faithful God that knows that you can trust God. Understand he's faithful. He's not like your daddy when your daddy made all those empty promises talking about he was going to show up and he never came to no birthday never got you no gift he's not like your mama when your mama lied talking she was going to get that barber doll and she didn't get the barber doll listen God is faithful he's going to honor exactly what he said you don't have to worry about God God knows how to do exactly what he said he's not lacking the resources to accomplish what he said because you know there are times when children will ask you for something as parents and, and, and your, 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 your intent is to actually do it uh, but but if you're being real sometimes I have more month than I have money yeah, you understand what I'm saying <laughs> the intent was to actually get this thing because I love to see that smile on your face I, I love it when you want to say oh thank you daddy you're the best 
daddy in the whole wide world. But guess what? Life happens. Unexpected things happen that where money has already accounted for and where I was trying to manipulate some things and cause that thing to happen in your life. I just was unable to do it. But tell somebody, but God, mm, God is not like man. He has the resources to accomplish everything that he said. He will never fall short of fulfilling that that he's spoken about your life. And now that we're at this juncture where we're talking about deliverance, the faces of deliverance, encountering God through deliverance. Listen, God is not even going to come up short when you need to be delivered. Oh, tell somebody for some of you, it's going to happen immediately. Oh, uh, immediately for me, God, immediately. For some of you, all it's going to be, you're going to speak truth and you're going to find your stuff being delivered. You're going to stop doing some of the things that you were doing. You're going to stop having some of the thoughts and some of the conversation you have simply because you tell the truth. But some of you, he's going to process you through this thing. Oh, and see, it's that process, right? It's as if God, it feels like God is torturing you. Why am I in this thing so long? Oh, because I want you to know this thing like the back of your hand. You'll know it when this thing tries to come back. After I've swept this house and, and swept it clean, when this thing tries to come back, you will know this thing. You will know what it looks like. You'll know what it sounds like. You'll know what it smells like. You'll know how it operates. I don't care if it's using another vessel. If it's the same spirit, but using another vessel, you would know this thing. Oh, see, for me, that's anger. I know anger like the back of my hand, right? Even when anger has not entered me and anger's using someone else and they try to lie and play this game. I'm not mad because, you know, you can get in conversation. We're not even arguing, right? But guess what? There's some truths that rub you the wrong way. There were some truths that agitated you on the inside, right? And rather being honest and, you know what, that just pissed me off. I'm a little angry right now, right? We play this game like we so tough, right? But in reality, you wear all your emotions on your sleeve, in front of your chest, everything. You understand? You're not as hard as you claim to be. You soft as cotton tissue. You understand what I'm saying? Right? And you got to understand, right? Just be honest. What I said, it offended you. What I said, it made you angry. It made you angry. And, and, and we don't want to talk like that and say something made you angry. But when I'm encountering people like that, and I'm like, are you mad? No, I'm not mad. <laughs> oh, I know what it looked like. <laughs> I know what anger sounds like. I know what anger smells like. So even though you're saying, no, I'm not mad, oh, body language. It's called body language for a reason. Your body is speaking something contrary to what your words are. And you got to understand it's spiritual, right? There is a spiritual person that is bringing forth its personality inside your living body, right? And it acts different from you. It manifests different from you. It wants to be seen while you're trying to hide it. And you're saying, no, I want to be seen. Ah, I want you to know I'm mad. So while you clenching your jaw muscle see i see that right and there are times when your mouth is about this far open right your lips are closed but on the inside of your mouth your teeth about it's about a little gap like this and you find yourself running your tongue back across Ooh, i'm all in your house right there right oh that's anger right there you find yourself getting hot right about here right heat just rising up all right here and all of a sudden you find yourself just like you shifty right now because you're trying to cool down you're trying to calm down see if you're like me my ears are a telltale sign my ears start getting red you got to understand and then there was a vein on one side of my head that just starts popping out because the blood is just rushing right i'm just mm, i'm furious i'm mm, i'm fuming right now you got to understand 
You're not as good at masking as you think. There were some of us, we know that spirit like the back of our head. And just like we know anger, we know lust. And just like we know lust, we know perversion. And just like we know perversion, we know fornication. And just like we know fornication, we know deception. And just like we know deception, we know manipulation. We also know lying. We also know rebellion. You got to understand, if there is something that you operate in, Quit trying to act like nobody understands or they can't relate. Like you don't know what I'm doing. You a lie. I needed deliverance too. Anger wasn't the only thing that came to me. Uh, I played so many word games with folk. I lied so much, I started believing my own lies. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, that's why I had an excellent memory. I had to keep track of the, all the lies that I was telling. You, you understand what I'm saying? And so understand, you're not the only one. We know what it looked like because we've laid with that. Mm, you don't want to talk about that. We've laid with that spirit. Now in, in, in Christian culture, you'll hear folk talking about a spirit wife and a spirit husband, right? Incubus and succubus, right? Spirits that come to actually have sex with individuals. Oh, it's a real thing. It's a real thing, y'all. That, that, that what they call sleep paralysis. No, all it really was was a spirit. I came and rape you in your sleep. Ooh, you don't like that. You didn't plan to give up the goods. That devil came and took them from you. Ooh, you didn't plan to say that, expose that, reveal that. That devil forced you to say that. That devil forced you to act like that. That devil forced you to do that. You say what you were not going to do. You didn't plan to do it, but you find yourself doing what you didn't plan. That devil forced you to do it. You think you're in control. In reality, baby, that devil is in control. You don't even understand. You can't overpower. This is a supernatural being that is occupying your vessel. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. But because the Holy Ghost is not present, something else is not occupying that temple. And it is much powerful than you because you don't spend time in prayer like you used to. You're not in your word like you used to. You're not coming subject to the word like you used to. So even though you think you're in control, I'm here to tell you, you're in denial. It is self-deception. And the worst deception is self-deception, deceiving yourself. You are lying to yourself, thinking that you are in control. When reality, the scripture tells you, don't you put no confidence in your flesh, but you just, mm -mm, I'm not going to do that because I, I know what I won't do and I know what I will do. And so listen, I'm not, oh no, baby, you don't understand. There was a mark on your back and you had a target. You don't even realize there's a target and the enemy is right up on you, close enough to kiss you on your cheek. And you think you're in control. It's only going to be a matter of time before that devil go ahead and reveal itself. But Jesus said, I got a desire too. My desire is that your faith fail not. See, this is the thing. This is the thing. Folk want to just be saved. Now, that's good if you want to just, you know what I'm saying, play out here in the Gates by the gates, you understand? But in order to get into that holy place, you got to be converted. See, folks don't talk like that. Folk who are converted, there's some things we cannot do. We will not do. Because we know it offends our God. But folk who are just saved, 
They lack that discipline. They lack that level of reverence and understanding. They think it's okay because I got grace. Oh, Lord have mercy, I didn't plan to go this way. Oh, but in one of the pastoral epistles known as Titus, he tells us in chapter number 2, verse 11, grace, you find out that grace is a person. Scripture tells us that Jesus came in grace and truth. Look at the order of the word. He came in grace and truth. Folks just want to land on grace, but listen, the end of that is true. We've got to come deal with the true aspect, but he tells us in Titus chapter number two, round about verse number 11, grace comes to teach you how to live and come out of that ungodly lifestyle and come away from these ungodly lusts uh, and how to live holy in this present moment. The person of grace, he comes to teach you. So you get out of here thinking, oh, I got grace. Now, you do have grace, but you don't have grace to pervert it. You don't have grace to abuse it. Paul tells you, be careful, at least you frustrate the grace of God. Oh, some of you are frustrating God's grace because you know better. You're not a new babe in Christ. You've been in this thing long enough to know. Baby, this is the point. You need to be delivered is what you need. You need to be converted. Churches are getting away from talking about sin. Everybody want to talk about an issue now or a problem. Now. No, it's the sin that you're in. Your issue It's your sin that you're committing. It's this offense that you keep offending God with. And you know better. You're not a new believer. And even if you were a new believer, matter of fact, I'm going to do you one better. Even if you were not a believer in Jesus Christ at all, the fact that your creator, because it tells us in the definition of faith that he's the creator and ruler of all things. When your creator created you and me, he created you with a conscience. The prefix con means with. Science, the suffix science means he's created you with science or knowledge. <laughs> he's created you with knowledge. There's something called just the natural law. This natural law, C.S. Lewis talks about this natural law. Uh, there is a knowing, an inward knowing in you to know the difference between right or wrong. Think about it, a two-year-old, we ain't got to teach them how to lie. They just do it on their own. It's part of the sin nature. But when they're caught in the lie, did you eat the cookies? And they know they got cookie on. No, they, no, no I didn't. I, I didn't eat no cookie. What? The evidence is on your face. So and some of you got it twisted. God is coming to check you. He's saying, did you? Did you involve yourself in this right here? And some of you are saying, no, I did. But the evidence is on your face. Uh, ah, it's written all over your face. You don't have to say your word. Uh, get out of here, suckling music but it's written all over your face you ain't got to say a word the evidence is on your face i don't care how you try to straighten your face it's on your face this is what people don't understand when you're spiritual and you see beyond the natural flesh like i used to tell people this right there i'd be like why why is your forehead dark like their forehead would be, it's like a darkness across their forehead. Or it's like a darkness running this way like this. Now, what I've learned through the gift of discernment or the spirit of discernment, this darkness here is an indication, oh, your thought process is off. Ooh, 
you've been having some ungodly thoughts, uh, lustful thoughts, uh, perverted thoughts, uh, all kind of vain imaginations, all kind of fantasies and things of that nature right there. When it's here, uh, you've been watching or listening to some things that is not godly, that is not pleasing to God. <laughs> oh, and when it's here, your communication is foul. Your communication has been corrupted. See, you got to understand, baby, we see what you don't think we see. You are just con uh, deceiving your self-thinking because we haven't said anything that we don't know. No, you old enough to know. You mature enough to know. We shouldn't be doing this. But you want somebody to come say, stop doing this. No, you passed that. You passed that. See, you don't even understand. That was your grace right there. When God was sending that person, like, come on, stop doing this, what you know you shouldn't be doing. There is no more grace for that. Now, when you fall into those things, guess what? That's not going to, God ain't sending a person. God is coming himself. And the Bible tells me you don't want to fall in the hands of an angry God. You think it doesn't offend God, some of the things that you're doing? You think it doesn't upset God, some of the things that you're doing? It's time out for you just living a saved life, live a converted life. What you in denial about? And, and to be converted is, in the Greek it talks about, to turn back to God. Mm. Who has your attention? It's sure not God. Mm. You don't talk to God as much as you used to. You're not seeking God like you used to. Used to be a time you would just talk to God just to talk to God. Now it seems like the only time you talk to God is because uh, you need something. You want God to do something. Why not just talk to God because I just want to be in your presence? term conversion to be converted is mean you have turned back to God but look at this other definition for conversion it said to turn oneself from one's course of conduct you want to know if you converted look at how you're conducting yourself the manner in which you're conducting yourself is it in alignment with the word of God, the principles of God, the ways of God. If, if it's not in alignment with the word of God, then you need to be converted. You need to turn back to God. If your conversation is off, turn back to God. If your thought process is off, turn back to God. If you're indulging in things that you know you shouldn't be, turn back to God. He said, change your conduct. But then he says, change your mind. Paul tells us to be transformed. He's going to come by the renewing of your mind. The renewing, you, meaning you're going to have to keep renewing your mind. Daily, I'm having to renew my mind. He says, but... I pray that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Strengthen in the, in the Greek is talking about make your brother stable. See, when you get converted, you're not going to just watch your brother or your sister be in stuff and not say anything. You're going to say, now you know that's not right and God not pleased. You know you need to stop. 
Now, the Bible tells me, don't you be a partaker of another man's sin. And the fact that you're not correcting folk. Ooh, he looks at you as, as if you're doing it, too. Well, I didn't know they were doing that. You could have known. You could have known. Because if your intentions are not ill, you can go seek God about anything. And if your intentions and your motives are not ill, he will show you whatever. I mean, sometimes I come into the presence of people, they be like, oh, you don't know nothing. Okay. Let's put money on it. Let's put money on what I know about your life. I'm not even a betting man. But to prove to you, to silence this devil in you, to make you think that don't nobody know, let's Call it to the carpet and let's have a meeting. Let's go before God and say, God, show me. Show me their life, God. If my intentions and my motives are not ill, God will open it up. Remember, the prophet saw into the bedchambers of the king, the one that was in authority, but God showed the prophet the bedchambers. You got to understand. And you think your, your life is off limits? God shows people because he's still trying to intervene in your life. That's love. He shows people because he loves you. So he says, when you're converted, strengthen your brother. Cause them to become stable. Make them become stable. Point out what is wrong. Point out what's in error. Point out what's going against the ways and the will and the purpose of God. The word. Say something to them. They tell me one of the simplest ways to prove that you love somebody. Tell them the truth. You know what? I run that risk every day to prove the folk that I love that I run that risk of falling out with you by the truth that I tell you. I understand you're not going to always like my truth, but that's okay. When God comes to justice thing, he's going to see that I was obedient and I told you the truth as a part of my responsibility. I told you the truth. He said, and he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. Here is the denial. <laughs> I want to be holy. I'm all yours. Use me as you please. Send me out. Go lie. Now, you might have meant it at one time, but right now you don't mean that thing like that. See, there was a point where I was like, before, let's, let, let me just say what it is. Before I got married and before I had my babies, my lion cubs. So before I got married to my lioness and I had my lion cubs, you got to understand, I was willing to die for this gospel. But you need to know, I was like, God, can we renegotiate this thing? Take me in my sleep, but take me like... With long life, you have satisfied me. After I'm not satisfied anymore, take me there. <laughs> take me in my sleep. But this dying thing? Oh, no. Oh, no. No, no. We, there's another way. There's another way. You, you don't have to crucify nobody else. It was enough the first time when Jesus did it. Don't need no violence in my death. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? And see, that's the denial. We're in denial about things that we say we're going to do in relation to God. I'm going to live for you. No, you're not. You're living a double life. A double life. You appear to be holy around the saints, 
But have you compromised your witness unto the other folk? Uh, what about you think you just close with the saints, but there are other people that you are close to and you're supposed to be a written epistle read daily of men, not just men in the church, but men in the world are supposed to see that there is a difference about you. You don't supposed to look like the world. You're supposed to be in the world, but not of it. But you are actually of the world. You look like them. You sound like them. You act like them. You're doing what? They do be converted. You're in denial talking about you love God. Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commandments. Do you realize your love is measured according to your obedience? If your obedience is small, guess what? Your love towards him is little. Poquito. It's small. It's small. Tiny, boo. It's tiny. And you keep telling folk, I love him. And because you blasting Christian music and you wearing your Jesus paraphernalia, it's a lie. Your clothes are more saved than you are. Isn't that crazy? Your car gives more praise than you do. Your car is singing the praises of God. But you quiet as a church mouse. Oh, but you're given this illusion that you love him, that you're with him. Real believers who are converted can tell. Oh, he, she barely hanging on. They about to backslide. And baby, we are bombarding heaven that you don't backslide. Because if you go back to that place, oh, you might not make it out. You don't think you're that close, but some of you already got one foot in the world. We oh, listen to your conversation. Even when you're not speaking out loud, a thought is nothing more than an unspoken word. What are your thoughts saying? It's not about him. You got one foot in the world and a toe over here in the kingdom. Yeah, I don't, yeah, at least you got something, because listen, if you got a toe, baby, you can pull me all the way back in by that one toe. But it's the denial. He said, he said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee, both into prison and to death. We know I ain't even got to deal with that. We know y'all not ready to go to prison. And you sure not ready to die. Because when, when you see them blowing red lights behind you, hey, God, hey, God, hey, God, please don't let me get no ticket, God, a warning, God, what? You find Jesus then. When them red and blue lights come, <laughs> whoop, whoop, you be like, oh, by Shatai, thank you, Lord. And, and, and look, you get your money, <laughs> your best praise when he be like, I'm going to let you off with a one. Whoo, thank you. You start to, child, let me tell you what God did for me. <laughs> Oh, you start testifying and everything. Let me tell you what he did for me. I should have had that ticket. Oh, you get on it. Because I was doing 65 in the 35. Woo, but God. You start sending gifts, get whatever it's called. Won't he do it in your gym? <laughs> Lord, help us, Jesus. He says, and he said, I tell thee, Jesus responds to Peter. I tell thee, Peter, notice, when he started out, he called him Simon. But now this thing has got so real, Peter, 
Come here, rock, stone, hard one, consistent one, stable one, disciplined one, immovable one. Come here. He said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day. Before that thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. In his mind, he's like, no, I'm not going to deny you. I told you I'm ready to go to prison or even to death if that's what it takes. We focus on the denial aspect of him denying Christ, that he knew Christ. See, you get to the place of denying Christ when you overlook the denial within yourself that you're dealing with. What are you in denial about? You understand? That, see, there was a struggle, and the struggle for Peter was his faith. And the enemy understood, you weaken your faith, so I'm going to exploit your weaknesses. <laughs> see, he not mess, that's why he doesn't mess with your praise, because you're strong in your praise. Even when you don't have enough food, whoop, hallelujah. You, you understand what I'm saying? But what he does know, you're weak when it comes to your prayer life. See, so you quick to be like, let everything that have breath, poof, hallelujah. But men ought to always pray. <laughs> you short on that right there. You weak in that area right there. He said, ought to always, and men is not just defined to the male. Men encompassing mankind, women included, ought to always pray. The most you pray is when somebody put a plate of food in front of you. And you all quiet there. Bowing your head, close your eyes. Somebody could easily walk by your table, just throw something in your food while you the father you what's wrong with you he said watch as well as pray even in regards to that scripture watch as well as pray so that you can avoid the temptation that is coming and you keep closing your eyes to the fact of how much you need to pray because you got to praise Every time you hear that bird, that's its praise. And you see the trees swaying in the wind. That's all the creation giving glory to the holy God. You were created to do that. It doesn't take anything to do that. But to pray. You've got to die to yourself. Back it up with scripture. While he was in the garden of Gethsemane, he prayed three times the same prayer. He died before he ever got on the cross. He died to himself and to his own will. To his sweat became like blood, he prayed so hard. Oh, that's why it became easy to get a nevertheless father let your will be done because he died to himself it's in prayer that you die to yourself and you communicate the desire of the father 
Nevertheless, not my will, but your will. See, you can't communicate or talk like that until you die to yourself. See, you still, God, pay my light bill. See, it's still about you. God, I need a new job. Give me promotion. I want to hum. I want to rain. And I'm not saying all of those things are not good. But when are we ever going to hear you die to yourself and you pray to the desires of heaven? The will of the Father. See, some things I simply have to say, let your will be done. There's some people who've been sick on a sick bed of affliction. God, let your will be done. It's my desire to see God raise people up, but I don't know what that person might have prayed. They might have said, God, I'm ready to meet you. So all I can say is, God, let your will be done. If it's your will to let them remain, raise them up. But if it's your will to take them, God, let it be. The emphasis we see is on the, the, the three denials. I don't know him cussing at that. <laughs> Anger is on display. Cussing is on display. When, 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 when Peter was confronted by the little girl. Mm. Women in scripture represents church. The little girl represents this next generation, next move of God that the enemy is trying to take. He's trying to take a whole generation. But notice when you pose questions by the church, you get mad. And you start cussing. Even if you don't cuss out loud, you cussing in here. Oh, you need to go and let your tongue get washed in the blood again. Go wash your mind in the blood again. Because when they say you shouldn't do that, you are the church. You're the bride of Christ. You get mad and be like, I can't stand them MFers. No, you didn't say it here, you said it here. Those ninjas think they know everything. Your communication is corrupt here. Why? Because there is something that you are in denial about in here. If you haven't figured it out, you're in denial about your faith. Whether or not you believe, you come subject, yielded yourself to the convictions that God is indeed the creator and the ruler of all things. You're in denial about that because if you came subject to that, you can't live any kind of way. So I pose to you again, what are you in denial about? Your faith is the answer. Your faith, the conviction that God exists and that he is the creator and the ruler of all things. 
Thanks for tuning in and please make sure to visit us at churchatphila.com for more podcasts and ways to connect with us on social to like, subscribe, follow, and share content as it comes along. Special thanks to those who give in so many ways to this ministry. We could not do any of this without you. And if you want to give or be a part, visit churchatphila.com forward slash give for more information. Thanks so much for listening. God bless.